HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to Love Bites, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Today is Monday, September 26th. I'm your host, Ben Rosenblatt. I am an actor, writer, occasional bartender, and server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I am 34, straight, and in a relationship. And today... I'm no longer alone in the studio. No, I'm back here with you, Benjamin. Yay. I am your other host, Jacqueline Raposo. I write about people who make food. You can find my work and me as at wordsfoodart.com. I'm 35, straight and single. And uh, yeah, I'm back from the Azores, but uh, I'm not feeling very well. I'm dealing with some fun Lyme disease-related things. Really fun. Really fun. They're horrible. I don't like it. Um, I don't feel very good, folks. So, uh, Benny, thank you so much for guiding our show again it's today. It's my pleasure, and it's my deeper it. pleasure to have you back in the studio with me. Um, later in the show today, we are going to be joined by Mel Stanger, the senior lifestyle editor for Revelist, and Shauna Leibowitz, a strategy reporter at Business Insider, for a discussion on how texting and technology have affected communication in early stages of love. Mm. Listeners who are up to date with our show may recall that this was supposed to be the topic for our live panel discussion this past Saturday as part of the No Text Weekend. But because of some production issues and Jacqueline's health, we did have to rearrange a bit. So we are thrilled to have Mel and Shauna join us today. And our third panelist, psychotherapist Matt Lundquist, will be joining us next week. So stay tuned for Mel and Shauna. But first, 
Jacqueline, uh, it came up on the show. <laughs> you're, la- you're laughing. No, la- all right. Last week, by the way, bravo, because last week's show with uh, No Text Weekend ladies, Allison Goldberg and Jen Jamula was phenomenal listeners. If you haven't listened to that, I laughed my titties off. It was hysterical. Well done. Benjamin, um, I still well see, done. I still see those titties <laughs> yeah, moving through. They, all right, well, they, no. they they shook a little bit. They were they were very happy titties. Um, but you did a great job with that show. You guys were all phenomenal. But you brought up how um, at one point on the show how you've heard from several bar- bartenders that they have noticed that when they observe couples on first dates, that one of the people on the date will go to the bathroom and the other person will whip out their phone and immediately start swiping. So I figured to start off the show. Have you ever been on a date and either you go to the bathroom and while you're in the bathroom or while your date is in the bathroom, you've been like, all right, I know this isn't going to work out. And so you just are immediately looking for the next thing. I think when that came up uh, last week, I even like feigned like horror that someone would possibly do that. You sort of did. You were sort of like, oh God, what kind of person So now I guess I'm a little ashamed to have to admit that I have partaken in uh, that behavior. You have? Do you remember where you've done that? Oh, God, many places. But I do remember a specific uh, date that I think I talked about even on the show like once, like a year ago. Way back um, when. Way back when in my in my single days um, where um, at Ballin Wine Bar on the Upper East Side uh, where, yeah, I definitely like she went to the bathroom and I pulled my phone out and I was like, I was like, this is, you know. It's 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 a sad, unfortunate reality of um, you know internet dating that you show up on a date and like I feel like I can tell within the first thirty seconds. That's the thing. You're just disappointed when you show up. Whether or not like I want yeah. a date to go out right. again with the person, and and you know for me it's like I you know I get myself looking nice. I get myself excited. I put my game face on. I go out and I'm like excited to share my best self with this person. And then you show up and it's like not someone you're excited right. to be with. And so instantly for me, I'm like, ah, oh, man, like I want, I want someone who I can you share this with and appreciate right. this with and have like an excited night with. So, you know, yeah. So maybe right. they go to the bathroom or whatever and you start kind of looking for that person. Right. Again. Yeah. How about you? Have no, you ever- I've done it for those exact same reasons. Because you you show up and you're excited and then you're not excited and you want to be excited and that's yeah, basically it. So are we just both terrible no. creepers or what? No, I just think that's I think that's part of the reality of 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 modern dating that it's it's the reality of transitioning from technology to in real life. So so listeners, if you're if you're you've been awesome about interacting with us on Twitter. So if you've done the same thing, if you've been on a date and then tindered twittered tweeted whatever bumbled okay cupided um while you're on a date just just shoot us a tweet and tell us you have so that we don't feel like such dicks and tell us where you have like what restaurants are are decent for yeah and for, tag the restaurant tag so the restaurant can, so, they, so the so bartenders you forever. So the bartenders and waiters can sort of because it's fun <laughs> for them too to sort of see i guess uh yeah um you but it, it's interesting because it ties into texting a little bit because right. our you know, sort of technology etiquette is it. I don't like who I am on technology sometimes. Mm. Like I don't like if my date that night had known that I was swiping on Tinder or whatever it was that I was on while she was in the bathroom, she would have felt horrible. And I would have felt horrible for having made her feel that way. Right. And I think too, we can sometimes both in like, 
on online dating apps when we're texting someone or when we're like text when it's moved just past that and we're in the texting stage before even meeting up or maybe after one or two dates or whatever the way we sometimes treat people in text is like not necessarily how we might treat them if we were talking with them right like our text etiquette kind of sucks and so to move on i guess i have a my question for you mm. jacqueline would mm-hmm. be has there been times where texting etiquette or your experience with texting in the early stages of a relationship has like done you felt has like done harm to a yeah and i and I think well I mean I think that that's i mean considering that we were sort of talking for last week and the next couple of weeks about technology and how it affects relationships, I think what you just said as far as if she had known she would have felt bad, I think there's a fine line in the early stages of dating between the potential of thinking that the person you're going to be dating could be awesome. And then technology, the way that they communicate with you through technology could either continue to let you think that they're awesome or they, it could prove that they are an asshole. And then on the flip side, depending on how you treat them through technology, you could, you could continue to let them think that, Oh, like this person might be awesome. Or depending on how you treat them, you could show them that you could be sort of a dick to, does that make sense? What I just, let me give you an example. A couple of months ago, I had met a guy, I think on Bumble and we transferred to texting and we were going to meet and we were having an actual like conversations enough that we met, we figured out we had a mutual friend. We were figuring out that we were going to meet in real life. Like we had invested enough time. He lives out of town. We'd invested enough time that I was like, and we had enough in common. We had connected somewhere else online, another platform that I was like, oh, this is a real human being. Like we saw where he, like I saw the studio that he works in, that he owns. He saw the radio show. Like it was enough sure. stuff. Eventually he ghosted on me. I have no idea to this day why. But this person who I learned enough about, spent enough time, you know, getting to know as much as you can via technology, completely disappeared. To this day I have no idea why. He could have been awesome because of how he treated me via technology. He became a dick, you and, know? And, and I mean, awesome and a dick are like two kind of thing, like terms you're using right now to like put someone in a box, right? Well, because I mean, like, there's no only so is... much you can know about somebody. Right, like, I mean, I don't know this person really, you know, like I know a limited right. amount of what he showed me through messaging sure. and through He's texting like totally capable of being awesome completely. sometimes and which, totally capable of being which you were which you are as well which i which am as well is. so like as far as what you were saying about you know swiping at that bar on the flip side like i have that potential too i was supposed to have a lunch date with a guy today and i'm obviously not feeling well enough like i should not have been dating but like before i started not feeling well a couple weeks ago i'd met a guy online and we were supposed to eventually meet up and before i left for portugal i'd said that i wasn't feeling well i was under the weather let's do it when i get back when i got back i'm still not feeling well i wanted to meet up with him and so i said let's have lunch on monday and over the weekend i was the reality hit me that i should not meet up with him and so last night i had a choice where i could ghost him or i could text him and try to like give a feeble excuse or like push off the real reason and i decided to like ovary up and call him and have a conversation with him and we had taught we had like said potentially like that we would talk anyway he knew that i wasn't texting because the no text weekend and so like he called me and i i couldn't pick up the phone and i called him back and we talked for like 10 minutes and he got to hear my voice and i got to hear his voice and we got to joke around and then i got to explain to him and we had a nice conversation and it you know i got to explain to him that i'm not a 
a jerk, that I wasn't blowing him off, that I had a legitimate reason, that I'm, you know? I mean, it's a and great it, example of how communicating, you know, on the as phone... As a human being, ...can be you better know? than texting. I'm yeah. curious, do you have any experiences where texting as opposed to communicating on the phone has actually facilitated the relationship in a positive way? Oh, it does a lot. I think because, I mean, I've, I've relate because I don't feel well a lot. I can't talk on the phone a lot. So I have friends that I can only keep in touch with sometimes through texting. I mean, I don't, I can't think of it in a romantic scenario. Um, I mean, that's all that comes to mind, honestly, right now is because sometimes I don't have the energy to have a phone conversation. Sure. You know, that there are friends that like, it's just checking in with each other because you can't via text. But there's a bunch of things that have nothing to do with deep conversations. It's like faster to text sometimes and it's easier to text sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think the, the only way I can think of that texting would be better than making a call is that you can like send a quick little flirt right. or like a quick little reminder that you're thinking about someone um, over text that like can't necessarily be accomplished in the same way on a in a phone call well, and, they, or and they can all work in conjunction well together that guy Absolutely. texted today to follow up and it was cute you know like and he can and he texted that maybe we should facetime and do another mediums so that we can hit all technological mediums before we meet in person you know it was a cute way to sort of you know we we're not cutting each other off you know it's there's there's lots of different ways to make a pizza i was gonna say i don't know Wherever I, like, I don't know. There's lots like of how ways to bounce the ball. Food and relationships know. go hand in hand. I was actually just, this is like totally non sequitur, <laughs> but I just came up with this kind of like metaphor for like in my own mind. And I probably didn't come up. Like I'm probably not the first to have this thought. You are the very first to have this thought. <laughs> Thank Benjamin. you. But no, I was thinking about, I was, I have this friend who's going through this, like, sure. She, you have this friend. No, I have this friend who was like, fell head over heels for this guy that she dated for like a month and then he kind of sort of started pulling away a little bit and they ended things and she's totally heartbroken over it Mm. and um i started thinking and she in my opinion was into him for superficial reasons she didn't she was like using the word love for her feelings for this guy after like a week and a half not to him but to like me and in her own mind right she was, she was saying she loved him, not she loved something about no, him. No, she, she loved, loved him. Oh, wow. Like, oh. I, I'm ready to say, I, I love him. I just know. I do. Oh. And um, in my mind, she didn't possibly know him well enough to really love him on a deeper level. She loved the superficial qualities about him that attracted her to him. And anyway, I came up with this sort of idea that, like, relationships are... Our relationship with people is kind of like our relationship with food that sometimes like we really want and crave like a fast food item or something that's like not healthy for us food wise. And that's what we like really, really want and what tastes good to us and like what our kind of immediate senses are like dying for. Mm -hmm. But that when we change, when we shift our perspective and have a healthier relationship with food, then we actually feel better in the long run, you know, when you're on a healthy diet and eating healthier. And I think the same is true with relationships. When you find something that is actually has the really deeper valuable qualities like trust, generosity, kindness, um, caring that like that actually 
in the long run can actually sometimes it's hard to stick to that diet but it's actually better for us in the long run than like just chasing those immediate desires oh i have so many questions about your diet right now then Ben. we haven't totally caught up about our lives for the past month well maybe we will get to that next week <laughs> um for now i think we should take a quick break so before bringing on mel oh, and shauna uh, before oh, we do goodness. you know we love doing this show <laughs> and we love working for heritage radio too so we just want to encourage you our listeners please when you're not commuting or or cooking dinner, or working out, or whatever it is you're doing while multitasking and listening to our show right now, to hop on to heritageradionetwork.org and drop a few bucks Heritage's way by clicking on that beating heart, uh, because they really do hard work to bring you 30-plus live shows every week, including ours, and we want to make sure that they feel the love, too. So even a dollar, five dollars, it means the world to us and to them, and we will love you for it. Anyway, we'll be right back. Music for this commercial break is brought to you by Taxstar, and this one's called Walking Like a Cowboy. This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Kane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Kane5.com. Mel Stanger is the senior lifestyle editor focusing on sex, dating, and body positivity at Revelist, a new website for millennial women. Shana Leibowitz is a strategy reporter at Business Insider, where she covers the psychology of work, productivity, and interpersonal relationships. You can find more about them at our websites, lovebitesradio.com. Welcome to the show, Mel and Shana. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you for rescheduling with us and uh, joining us here live in the studio. Uh, we've asked you on to talk today about the intersection of tech and relationships, uh, since in the worlds you write about, the crossover is inevitable. But before we do that, some fun facts about you for our food-focused listeners. <laughs> Mel, you are an amateur home brewer. Yes. Um, what's your favorite homebrew? Um... I, so I started homebrewing about three years ago um, with an ex-boyfriend. Now I homebrew with my dad, and we recently did an amber ale that came out um, hoppier than my dad wanted, but I really liked it. Um, yeah, thanks good, for bringing yeah. it in today to share with us. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, my God. I'm a jerk. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shauna, um, you have a thing for baking particularly misshapen chocolate chip cookies and discovering New York's hidden tea shops. What? Tell me about the shapes of these cookies. Have they ever like? Have there only been ever like phallically? Shaped of course, you would ask that. <laughs> Please. Um, yeah, all the time. That's I purposely bake phallically shaped <laughs> cookies. Um, but you know, I, I really enjoy baking them. But they never come out looking quite right. I th I think that's part of the fun of it, though. 
Do you? I, I, have a, I have a big thing for tea, and I don't know enough good tea shops in New York City. Do you have a particular? I feel like a lot of them have closed too in my in my thirteen some odd mm. years in New York. Do you have a really good tea shop in Manhattan that you love to just sit at and drink really good tea? Yes, and I am forgetting the name of it right now, but it is in the East Village, and it's down a staircase, and it's very very small, um, and they have painted trees on the the walls um and i will think about it by the end of the show and if not we'll tweet okay okay great thank you ladies um we just want to move on to the texting portion of the conversation because because that's what you're here for all right um but so quickly i mean jacqueline and i shared a little bit for ourselves have the two of you found that texting has had a negative or positive impact at all on your romantic partnerships yeah definitely um I've I've been broken up with in text. I've had um, way too serious of conversations for text message. And when you finally confront that person um, in the flesh and you're like, hey, can we talk about that conversation that we had that shouldn't have been over text in the first place? It just kind of it just puts the whole thing like you already know why you're there, but um, you're then you're thinking about it in a different way because the feelings that you have and you're able to um, vocalize in text, you can't really do the same, you know, out loud. It just, you you go backtracking and I don't know, it's, it's, it gets really messy. How about you, Shauna? Similar experience or different? You know, I'm thinking back to when I was single and dating, and I did this thing where if somebody texted me um, to make plans or to get to know me, um, if they called me instead um, to do the same, I would think a lot better of them, and suddenly the the texters started looking a lot less appealing. And I don't necessarily know that that was the the right way to think because you know there there might have been a the texters might just have been a little nervous about coming talking on the phone, um, and the the phone callers might have been more confident. But for me, I just felt that the callers were so much more invested in getting to know me and in their relationship. I think it also depends on where you are in your relationship with that person, because if a guy that I had just started seeing all of a sudden called me tomorrow, I think even I would be a little bit put off to be like, oh, uh, I don't want to like what? <laughs> How am I going to talk to this guy? Um, yeah, you've ha- I feel like you have to build up a rapport now with a person in order to bring that conversation out of text message, which I, I mean, that's not necessarily a good thing, but yeah, I wonder that's how the way this, it is. I wonder how this happened for us. Like, when did it... I feel like it happened without us even realizing that texting became the first line of communication for mm-hmm. everyone with dating. Like the fact that now it'd be hard to say like, I don't text with someone or to even think about like a portion of the dating population where you don't text, where like talking on the phone is the first line. Because Ben, you were saying last week that like, you're not a texter. That's a problem with your girlfriend. No, that it's actually not like that. I've had I've had a problem with that in the past with someone. I oh, dated. but it's not with your girlfriend. My now. girlfriend like really appreciate. I mean, I do text, but my girlfriend does appreciate the fact that like I pick up the phone and call her. But I have had experiences with people who like are uncomfortable or not necessarily uncomfortable on the phone, but who find it annoying to talk on the phone or find it less convenient to talk on the phone, and like had a problem with the fact that like I would want to call them instead of texting, which I found strange. Um, but I think, you know, everyone has their own relationship with texting and with calling and their own reasons for why they prefer 
whatever method of communication they prefer. My question, I guess, mm-hmm. a follow-up to you, Mel, based on your answer yeah. to the initial question would be, and, and both of you, uh, Mel and Shana, have like interest in psychology. Mm-hmm. So what can we do or like what do we need to get over to like not ha- start those conversations on text? Like why are we starting those personal conversations that shouldn't be had on text on text? And like what do we need to get over? What can we do to make sure that we like actually have a real conversation that we need to have in person or at least on the phone in that venue? I think the only way to get over it is to actually start meeting people again in person at bars or coffee shops or wherever. Otherwise, I mean, if you're online dating, it's really hard to start a relationship without starting with texting or messaging first, Um, which can sometimes, in my opinion, be a good thing because I've also had phone conversations or even like video conversations with people um, before meeting them in person. And the in-person meeting doesn't actually go as well as I thought it did over the phone. So that can even be misleading. Shana, and I'll, I'll pass this to you. Why do we then, if we know that like there's often a slim chance of things going the same way in person as they do over text, why do we then still get so excited or so you know um, emotionally involved with people over text before we've even met them? Like, what causes that? Why does it like hurt us so much when someone ghosts on us before we've even met them? I think one reason is bec- that why we get so emotionally involved with texts is because you can save them, you can reread them, share them with your friends. Then when it's time to respond, you take an hour to come up with the perfect response. And suddenly, these words on the screen become larger than life in a way that they wouldn't if somebody um, had just said, you know, I'm... I'm not so into this, or I'm, I not really want to be serious right now in person. Hmm. I love that, and I hate it also. It's like, yeah. when you say larger than life, it's like you either build it up to be so much bigger than it is positively, or build it up to be so much bigger than it is negatively. And I think both of those things could be, could go horribly wrong. And larger than life, even just that expression, mm-hmm. to me, doesn't bode well for even if it's positive for future long-term stability in a relationship mm-hmm. a rela- a real relationship needs to be about real life not yeah. larger than life which right. is what we often want out of a relationship right. or again to kind of use my analogy before is kind of like the fast food of like what we like our feelings like oh my god this could be way bigger than anything else i've ever experienced and the appeal of that is really Enticing, Yeah. But it's also not really sustainable. I think a lot of people tend to idealize the person that they're with, especially in the beginning. And if you're blowing up their text messages also um, and building on that and saying like, oh, they said this and how amazing is this person and they're perfect. And it's just it compounds. And I also, In a bad way. I also wonder, I'm completely speculating here, but like with what I've read about the dopamine hits that we get from opening Facebook and Twitter and going on dating apps and things like that, with like all the rush that our brain gets of satisfaction from technology, I wonder if it's the same thing with text messaging that when we get texts from people, if we can relive the good things that we're getting from people via text, if it's that same rush of pleasure, and if we get it over and over from somebody, if that contributes to the sort of larger than life thing, if we're sharing it, if we're reliving it over and over as well that even if it's a bad thing it just becomes a lot more than it actually is in real life as well too Mm. Mm. yeah i got a um in my last relationship i got a 
I, I read through all of the text messages that we had had, you know, over the course of the relationship and, you know, knowing where it ended and knowing where it started and the things that we were saying to each other in the beginning, it was just so different. And then it made me question, like, why did it end this way? And then, you know, I'm going back and saying, but he was so this way in the, the beginning. And it's, um, yeah, it's all the things we do anyway, even without yeah. text, the reanalyzing, the thinking it over, like the, right, if I did the, this mm-hmm. or if I did that. And it just compounds it when you have this actual written record yeah. there to scrutinize. Right. But I, I have actual written handwritten messages from this person, too. And even looking back at those, I'm like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Well, going to that, since both of you write about what other people think about this and you sort of track this from different perspectives like how much can we actually buy into the language from the other since so much of it is about what we read is about what we are reading into like we are reading into inflection we are reading into you know the emotion that other people are giving their emoji their you know Mm -hmm. their their speech pattern their spelling so how much of how much of what we're reading can we actually trust from what you know from your experience and also from what you've written about just other people's experiences and the psychology behind it like can we really get a clear idea of the person on the other side of the screen Mm -hmm. you know i i think there's never a perfect link between what we're seeing on the screen and, and the language that someone's using and their personality and the, the way they'll behave in real life. But I do think that if you start to notice that somebody is saying very general things to you, like, hey, or I'm heading to the movies, um, or, you know, they've got blatant typos in their messages, um, it could be a sign maybe that they're just not so invested or maybe that they're trying not to get too invested in you or in relationships in general. Um, and then on the other hand, if somebody comes out and says something that's really personal, you know, if it's online dating that they noticed on your profile or they remembered something you said, then, and they say that in a, in a text message, um, then maybe that is a sign that they, they really are trying to care and they're putting in that effort. So again, it's never a perfect link, but I think those are some clues. It's interesting that you brought up, um, the part about the emojis, Jacqueline. Uh, I was thinking about that before where you can use emojis to say so many things and, um, I've seen it used to like soften the blow where it's like, Hey, I'm really tired right now. I don't want to hang out. No emoji. It means one thing. Hey, I'm really tired right now. I don't want to hang out. Smiley face. Oh, they're still interested. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, if I were to answer this question, like the expression talk is cheap and I think like text is even cheaper. It's like texting is like so easy. And it's so easy to add that emoji onto the end of a sentence mm-hmm. and create a certain, you know, aura about or create a send a certain message about how you might be feeling and lead someone on or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be that, like, I really think, like, there's not much. It's very easy to read into it and also very easy to be misled and to kind of, I guess that's maybe a very cynical way of looking at it, but... It's, you know, it's just so easy to send a text that, like, I don't think it really means that much or I don't know. What do you think, Jacqueline? Mm -hmm. I think it depends on the people. And I think it depends. I I think it's part of the problem with there is no common etiquette to texting. You know, like I've had even like a guy that I dated a while ago. I think we called him the German on the show. Like there was (laughs) we got into a weird a weird schism where we were misunderstanding each other and he's like well that's it then i guess we're not seeing each other and i was like whoa 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 whoa, calm down like we're just we had a misunderstanding we had a, we had a miscommunication via text like 
let's just clear this up. Like it was just a weird, you know, it was just a weird thing. There's no common etiquette. Like, and I think that's a problem of just everybody learning as we go with a new technology. What does it say to different people then about like how others read into these kinds of things? Like this, this guy, the German, he's like, Oh, I guess we're not seeing each other anymore. How, how does that change then your perception of him in that he read it that way? I think we were just not that like I that was I think I should have just not seen him anyway because I was like not that really into him anyway I think it was more like okay. do I want to have sex again before I stop seeing this guy I think that was more like what that was and so that was just always if I'm going to be really call, I'm going to be really honest always with myself I'm going to be call. really honest with myself I it was more it. about debating that um, but it was but I think that's just another because even because even with that like he was a really I think. Um, not very uh, respectful texter too. Like it would be several days between him texting me and then him texting to get together. It, it was oh, just, we were bad. not on the same page mm-hmm. with it. And so it was just like, I would have preferred a phone, but we, but I, we just weren't that into each other too. So it's like, I think there's just, there's just too many ways to text. I think mm-hmm. I, I imagine that the two of you get some like feedback from your readers regarding um, what you write about. And I'm curious if you have any, uh, complaints from your readers about texting about topics that we haven't covered yet or anything like that. Is there things that come up for people? Yeah. Um, I wrote an article recently, uh, inspired by a piece by New York magazine, um, about a concept called benching, which is, um, not like ghosting in that you don't completely ignore the person, but you know, you don't want to see them again. You kind of keep them in your back pocket or on the back burner. So you're not ignoring their texts, but you're not actively, making plans with them so you'll respond to them but you're like oh i'm really busy right now work's really hectic whatever the excuse is um you may even see that person again but you're not interested in them but you're too you know cowardly to say so or whatever the reason is or your ego is getting enough of a boost out of having them yeah you're like oh i can do better but just in case i can't sure this person's here um yeah i've i've heard I got a, a, a pretty decent response to that piece from a lot of people about, oh, my God, I didn't know there was a name for this, like, phenomenon that's going on in the dating world, and this is this is what's happening to me, or I've done it, and I didn't realize. Um, and I know I've done it personally, and I didn't realize, and I didn't put a name to it. Uh, yeah, because, like, just like, oh, like it's awful. <laughs> easy not to text somebody back. It's also easy yeah. to just keep somebody going or to... I think it's worse yeah. than ghosting, yeah. actually, because you're, like, just stringing them along. yeah. Yeah, I've definitely been guilty of, you know, I, I now I know there's a name for it, benching someone. Um, and I think that part of it is that texting is, is easy in a way, but it's also hard because um, you have to, you don't have a conversation with someone in which you can sort of work around it and say, oh, you know, I, I just, I'm not, and then they can figure out, you know, you're, you're not into it anymore. But when you text someone, they're not really expecting it. And out of the blue, you just have to say, I don't think we should see each other anymore. And that, and that can be really hard. Yeah, I, I think it can be hard to be really honest. Has there, has there been anything um, from writing about this correlation between technology and um, relationships um, that has actually changed the way you interact with people? Like, has writing about this and talking about this made it easier for you to, you know, I know you're in a relationship now, but has it made it easier for you to, like, rip that band-aid off or for you Mel is there anything else that's come up mm-hmm. that's like you've made a shift because of your better understanding of it through your work um it's definitely limited or at least I've tried to limit the, the amount that I communicate with people 
um, and the content that I communicate with people over text message where um, I try and keep it to an FYI sort of texting basis where it's like doesn't require a response necessarily um, and especially the big conversations that need to be had I, I don't do it over text anymore used to not anymore for me, it's interesting. I, I wrote this article uh, about how women who use texting as a way to hash out tough topics in their relationship with their partner tend to be less satisfied with their relationship. And so mm-hmm. now, if I, if I think my boyfriend may be mad at me or disappointed in me about something, I used to like text him like, oh my god, are you mad at me? Are you sure? Um, and now I, I, I just wait until I can make a phone call or see him in person and ask him the, the same question. Um, and it can be really hard to sit with those feelings of uncertainty, like not knowing immediately whether someone's mad at you. But ultimately, I, I think it's better for the relationship. I have a question for the group. Is there one way we think that like when we start a new relationship with someone via text, we can like set a parameter for how like this is how we're going to text together to sort of like normalize like the etiquette? Hmm. I mean, I think absolutely yes, if both parties are interested in that, that there can be uh, and should be open communication about setting parameters for all sorts of um, aspects of the relationship. And I think texting can be one of them, and I don't see why it shouldn't be. Um, yeah. yeah. There's something like, like, hey, we're not going to have serious, like, let's not have the, a serious conversation via text or, or like. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've said that to guys I've dated before where it's like, can we talk about this later? Can we not talk about this over text? Um, have you had a positive but, or negative response from that? Like, has it, has it been it's okay? It's never been like, negative. Um, usually the response is just like, okay, sure. So and maybe it's just it, a matter of us pointing it out to other people. I, like, hey, let's like just not precedent text so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one time I I kind of tried to make a joke. I don't know how funny it ended up being, but um, I said to some guy, like, oh, my fingers are getting really tired of typing. I think we should talk about this on the phone. And really, I just wanted to talk on the phone. And he called me right away. So I don't know. Sometimes it might work. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm at a point, whatever, I'm 34 years old. I feel like there there are certain types of conversations that just absolutely should not be had over text that require at minimum a phone call and best in person. Um, and so for me, I'm at a point where like, if someone I'm dating someone, they're trying to have like serious conversations over text. It's a pretty big turnoff to me. Hmm. Like the idea that you've gotten like broken up with, like not like more than once via text Mm -hmm. is just, that just sucks. Yeah. You and know? these aren't usually long, right? Not long relationships. Yeah. There's like because yeah. I've been in the same position too. You date somebody a couple of times, and it just ends via text. Like I've been definitely in that position yeah. too. Or for me, but it was just, a couple of months, and I was like, oh, ah, that's yeah. Not, yeah like, like at that least sucks. a phone call. Like, yeah, yeah. Why are we in that position mm-hmm. where that world works that way? Yeah. Well, look, yeah. it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here. To close us out, I just want to ask you one question that we asked um, our guests last weekend, Allison and Jen, who um, were the ladies behind the don't text weekend uh which is this as new yorkers do you have a favorite place in the city to go and turn off your phone and eat something delicious either alone or with someone special where you're just not texting all the time and that you can just put down the phone and be there and enjoy your meal Mm -hmm. um i i really enjoy going to pizza places for 
either first dates or just any any date. I've taken a lot of people to. I know we're above Roberta's right now, but um, to in uh, Greenpoint, a place called Poly G's, and they have some of the best um, like brick oven, thin crust style pizza I've ever had. And it's so different every time. They do a lot of seasonal options, and it's just you know it's not worth it to spend time on your phone and not enjoy what's in front of you. How about you, Shana? I love this place on the Upper West Side, um, Gabriella's. It's a Mexican restaurant, and I, I've i gone there with my boyfriend a lot. Um, and it's fun because you get to sit and watch people walking by on the street, and they also have really good food, so you might not you might just want to focus on that. Um, but uh, it's, it's it can be romantic, even though it's not uh, really intended to be that way. So that's my favorite. Jacqueline, you weren't here Last week oh, God, to get don't to share yours. Oh. Do you have a favorite place? Um, I'm not a big phone person on a date anyway. Uh, so I, so all of New York City is a phone-free date place for me. I don't know. <laughs> Aww. Aww. On that note. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> we love our city. And on that note, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for coming on, ladies. Thank we you. Thank it. you. Um, next week, we are to be joined by psychotherapist Matt Lundquist of Tribeca Therapy to close out our trio of shows exploring how texting affects romance. So come back and join us then. Until then, thanks why to did, our... Why didn't you read the pretty please that I put on the show? I put pretty please. Well, there you go. It's, it's been said. <laughs> that's, that's your voice. That's you know? Voice. Pretty please. Pretty please. <laughs> Um, until then, thank you so much to our engineer, Pierre. Our theme song is Give Love by Josh Dion, and we are Jacqueline Raposo and Ben Rosenblatt. We will be back at the same time next week here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. See ya. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.